Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share, she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Needs, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Last week, I told Jonna that the trees weren't blooming, but this week they are. Are they blooming by you? They are blooming by us as well. Yes. So beautiful. So many different kinds of flowers. Very 
first flowers in most of the areas in the temperate zones. Oh, yes, indeed. So, so very exciting. Well, last week, <clears throat> some gremlin played with our timing device, and we were cut off. And mm-hmm. uh, this, this week, we have reset our timer, and so we're all good. But we missed getting to hear from you, Sarah Allen, about your ally, Poison Ivy. So could you tell us something in 10 minutes or so about your ally, Poison Ivy? Oh, now? Um, uh, you can I, say I no. Can't. It's okay if you don't want to. No, I certainly can. Um, I will also say that I've been working behind the scenes, and it's likely that I will be talking about Poison Ivy in May and sharing the whole story. Um, I can offer a little tidbit um, in that um, she has been an extremely generous teacher with me, and um, I, the story as I have titled it for our time together is um, Ally for Life, and uh, pun intended because it's a lifelong, she is a lifelong ally, as well as an ally for really all facets of living a whole and aware life of awareness. Uh, So she and her teachings is extremely generous. So in preparation for sharing uh, my original story, she has definitely been giving me some follow-ons and um, some things that I um, intend to share if if I do have the full time in May. And I guess one thing that has come up is when I offered to share the story, um, it was received with open arms from the team behind the scenes because um, it was kind of, I, I got the response of it's poison ivy season. So a great time to share the story and uh my my poison ivy is not yet up is your poison ivy Mm. emerged yet i have not seen poison ivy showing her new growth yet um not quite yet so So getting there Um, but not quite yet so perhaps the timing will be better Yes, you have an amazing guest tonight, and that is Cindy Dale. And Cindy Dale is considered the teacher of teachers when it comes to energy medicine and intuitive medicine. In fact, she's the author of 27 books on energy medicine and intuition. We'll be talking with Cindy Dale at 9 o'clock, so hang out with us or come back then. I am sure it's going to be fascinating. Yes, I'm also looking forward to hearing from Cindy this evening. Sounds like she is well-traveled and has a lot to share with us. Yes, and um, we did uh, a wonderful teleseminar with Shoshana Budapest. Mm. And that's um, still available. People can go and listen to that. Um, She talked about uh, casting spells and working with the the elements and her mom's art. 
Yeah, really so impressive. Why art necessary. is so, so important, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She shared some real precious, precious wisdom and things that are so simple and profound. So, yes, if anyone listening has any inclination, I highly, highly recommend listening to the teleseminar. It's beautiful. So what have you been up to this past week? Oh, we've had a fun week. Uh, the goats have been showing me all the things they know about how to get through fences and um, how much they like having attention from me. So um, we've been working together about um, time in the yard, and I'm still trying to get things situated. We have new chicks arriving this week. So I am preparing a little brooding area for them, and uh, it's just full swing spring here. The earth smells so lovely, and trying to be outside as much as possible. Yeehaw! Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Uh, I feel good. Uh, yes. It's mm. a whole new place. <laughs> That sunshine of spring and the way we like to just go and bask in it. Mm-hmm. Take it in. Feel our own kind of photosynthesis being set off from spring equinox to fall equinox is the time when we make vitamin D. And we make vitamin D from our skin as well as um, some contributions from the kidneys and the liver. And it doesn't take a lot of sun, noonday sun, like from, say, 11 a.m. until 1 or 2, um, and 15, 20 minutes. And that can be as little as your face and your arms can bring in as much as 20,000 international units of vitamin D. Which your liver can actually help you store for periods of up to a year and a half. Hmm. So, get into the sun. You want to sit in the sun? Get into the sun. You need an excuse for just closing your eyes and taking your shirt off. And laying in the sun, it's good for your health. But oh, if you don't need nice. excuse, that's fine, too. You don't have to have an excuse. <laughs> oh, definitely don't need an excuse. The earth feels so good. Just so yes. good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we have anybody with questions? We do have people with questions this evening. We have three callers who've raised their hands by pressing one to let us know that they have a question. Uh, Are you ready for our first caller this evening? Yes. All right. Excellent. Caller is calling from the 845 area code. You are live on the air with Susan. Hi, Susan. Tatiana here. Yes, Tatiana. The trees are blooming now. Yeah, I I am um, reporting that um, I got something called the pollen defense from Herba Farm, and, and 
I don't know exactly what it's doing because I started today in the morning. It's written. Uh, just wanted to say it has what is written on it, proprietary extra extract blend of eyebright flowering herb, golden seal, horseradish root, stinging nettle, and yarrow flowering top. Is that a good combination for pollen defense? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so you give me something better. OSHA. Yeah, I called. They don't have it. I no one up. has it? No. Uh, I don't know. It, obviously, it's not a popular herb, or I don't know what the reason. They said they had it long time ago. And oh, they did, never you, did, you, did you get in touch with Catskill Mountain Herbals? I don't have their number. Um, no, that's the only mm-hmm. one. Um, eight four five. Okay. Six five seven. Uh, first number I didn't hear. Eight four five. Yes. Six five seven. Oh, six five seven. Okay. Two nine four three. Four three. I will try, and it's very urgent because I have a family affair on Saturday, and I feel like a basket case, and I need to to be able to be present. Yes, and exactly. And so, so what you bought is a tincture. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, one of the ingredients in that tincture is stinging nettle. Yes, I'm drinking the. And you're drinking stinging nettle infusion. Yes. So it's what you're getting from drinking the stinging nettle infusion is a large amount of the nourishment that stinging nettle provides. What you get from st- taking stinging nettle as a tincture is a small amount of the fluid that causes the sting. Uh-huh. So it's kind of it's different kind of oh. medicine. Horsetail is in there, yes, horsetail? No, horseradish. Horseradish, okay. Horseradish is, horse I like, I like tincture of horseradish root. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, but you don't even have to have a tincture of it. You can just go to the store and buy, you know, horseradish. I have to. They're in the that. fish section. Just make sure it's only, you know, horseradish and like maybe beet juice or salt, but no preservatives in it. And then you can just eat it by the spoonful. If it helps, and horseradish can, it's really, you know, like a blast of the sinuses and really opens things up. It's what's called a counter-irritant, right? It's so irritating itself that it makes the other irritation seem okay. Yeah, I have a lot of horseradish because it's uh, Passover season. <laughs> exactly. And now we know why horseradish is part of Passover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Golden, oh. golden seal is one of the herbs of the heroic tradition. And then when they teach you herbal medicine in the heroic tradition, you are taught that your remedy 
first of all, can't just be one herb. And you notice I'm a simpler. I just use one herb at a time. And that it, your combination has to include golden seal or cayenne or lobelia, the big three of heroic herbal medicine. And so mm-hmm. the golden seal is in there because it's a combination. It has to include golden seal, but not for any particular reason that it would be effective against any kind of allergy or any kind of um, pollen reaction. Oh, I see. And the yarrow flower top is also... And the yarrow, yarrow is a wonderful plant. I really love yarrow. And yarrow tincture is antibacterial. Um, it's, I always say that yarrow runs a school of self-defense. But, oops, wait, part of what's going on is that your self-defense is overactive. Yeah. So it might be that yarrow could go and calm down your self-defense, or it might be that yarrow will stir things up. Well, I have a second question. But I think you said you got it from Herba. Herba Farm, yeah. Is there an Herba. A or not? Uh, no, there is no A. Herba. Herba Farm. Herba. A-R-M. Yeah. And it's not F-A-R-M, but P-H-A-R-M. P-H-A, yeah. And they didn't just have OSHA tincture? They did not have it. I understand. Well, hopefully uh, Catskill Mountain Herbals will. And if not, Red Moon Herbs might have it. Where are those? Red Red Moon Herbs is in um, North Carolina. Oh, do you happen to have their number? It's in all of my books. Oh, I returned them to the library. (laughs) You returned them to... I kept them forever, so I felt guilty. Okay. Well, that's good of you to return them to the library. So someone else can check them out. I have a copy of Healing Wise here. So there's a possibility that this phone number... Uh, will be out of date, but I will give you the phone number from here. Mail order sources for herbs, Red Moon Herbs, 828 all right, sounds like... And it, and it could be that that is no longer a highly effective number, but that's the book I have closest to hand, so we'll go We'll go with it. Thank you. And if I get the OSHA, uh, how much can I take so that I will be up and alert and uh, present? I usually suggest that people start with three to five drops. Five drops. And, and uh, if, like, if you need to, within 10 minutes, take another three to five drops, that's fine. And keep doing that every 10 minutes until you get symptomatic relief. And then that'll be your starting dose. If you do that five drops three times, then you start the next time with 15 drops. Oh. Next but if you time? had to do five drops and then five drops and then two drops, then you start the next time with 12 drops. Oh, uh, Okay. 
All right. We shall do that. Uh, my next question is about the leaky gut. Yes. I have a leaky gut. I discovered that by listening to a lecture about the famous doctor who wrote a book called The Plant Paradox. And the paradox is that there are plants who aggravate the leaky gut, and there is a long list of them. And um, I do have a leaky gut. I know sometimes when I eat something, my I start sneezing and my nose is running. Is that a good diagnosis? Well, the only difficulty is that I hold no store whatsoever with diagnosis. Uh, but as a matter of fact, matter of fact I think that diagnosis gets in the way of being healthy. Yeah. So let's start from here. We could say that we are a conglomerate of many different kinds of tissues which are held together within a continuous sack of skin which when it goes inside becomes mucous surface like a mobius skin on the outside mucus on the inside and that energetic field which we're going to be hearing a lot more about this evening and so when we say things like, I have a leaky gut, as though it were a problematic diagnosis, then what we're saying is that we need to get rigid and to keep out the world. And as someone walking from a wise woman approach, I first ask myself, isn't my body supposed to be somewhat leaky? Don't I want the parts of myself, don't, don't I want the parts of myself talking to each other? And what really perked my ears up was, you know it's leaky gut because you start and then you had, then you mentioned a symptom. And so, again, I'm thinking, okay, you know, is, is that the problem that things are moving from her gut into the rest of her body? Well, no, that's what's supposed to happen. And I find that a great many people refuse to acknowledge that anything they eat is likely to stay in their stomach for at least four hours. And therefore, no matter how leaky your gut is within that four-hour window, there's none of it in your gut.
Oh, it's a great inflammation that I have for the longest time, and I totally understand that. And that, I think, is a better story about it than a diagnosis. That there's that your inner skin, your mucous surfaces, are inflamed. That they are upset. Yes. Yes. So the slippery, slimy, mucilaginous herbs, marshmallow, root, slippery, elm, right? Those are the kinds of things that we think about, plantain seeds. And bringing those things in... One of the very best of the restoratives to the skin, of course, are ointments and unguents and oils. And I have long championed the return to those being made in animal fat. And where we actually left off last week, was my championing animal fat in the gut as well. That yeah, animal I love fat I plays love a very special fat. role in the health of your intestines and in seeing to it that barriers remain barriers. I love butter and I love the um, the bone the bone marrow. I can eat that. Yes. Nothing. I just suck it in. Wonderful, wonderful. But I do have an, a, a permanent inflammation, and I guess this is the reason of my allergies. And so I need to address it in a way that I can soothe the inflammation. I do love olive oil. I love um, fat things. I love butter on anything. I fry with butter, uh, I love eggs, uh, I love oily things. I didn't when I was younger, but I noticed that I really do. However, that's obviously not sufficient. Uh, I probably do eat some items that keep the inflammation going. And that's the Plant Paradox book that he wrote, and he's talking about some plants and some grains that do that. And he so said tell us they, more. Which particular grains, which particular plants? Yes, I'm just a moment. Uh, I am opening the book now at the the list that is called the, the no list. Uh Brown rice, wild rice, barley, buckwheat, cashew, spelt, corn, all the corn products, corn syrup, popcorn, wheatgrass, barley grass, oils, a long list of bad oils, soy, grapeseed, corn, peanut, cottonseed, safflower, sunflower, uh, vegetable oil, canola oil. I don't, I'm not in love with any of those. Sesame is fine. And uh, 
walnut I love and avocado oil and uh, basically um, olive oil I put in everything. So what was his what was left on his uh, list of grains? What wasn't on his list of grains? Wheat wasn't on his list of grains, was it? Spelt uh, was. No, wheat, wheat, he says, is the worst of them all. Uh, okay, F wasn't on there. Uh, the one, oh, 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 I have the, the grains here. Uh, Kamut, uh, O. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. no, this, no, this is no. This, this is, is also no. no. The wheat is no. Acorn wheat, Kamut, Oat, Quinoa, Rye, Burgul, White rice, brown rice. White rice, he said, is better than the brown because the the lectin is in the brown rice cover, and that's the one that pierces the wall and the mucus and sends toxin into the blood, and that's causing the inflammation. <sighs> well, this person, this person is not very well schooled because oh, the lectin is only present. Famous lectin is only present in uncooked rice. Uh, cooked rice. No, he doesn't mean uncooked. No, there is no lectin in cooked rice. It's oh. only present in uncooked rice. So what I'm telling you is this person is not very well schooled. That he does not understand that lectin is not found in rice as eaten. Well, he he's very and famous. If, he, if, if that's his problem with grains, then, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, he's certainly right with wheatgrass juice. Stay away from it. But all other grains are usually cooked. And if they're not cooked, like, say, wheat flour for making bread, then they're fermented. Yeah, he says that fermentation reduces the lectin. Fermentation, cooking the five ways that we have of changing food works with these things as well. And he's absolutely right. Plant foods are the most difficult. But I think that it might be that there's some this or that or the other thing in your diet that's pushing this inflammation. But there always seems to me to be some inner story of something inflamed. Well, I wanted wanted to say that I I have a leaky psyche. A leaky psyche. Yes, I do. And so how does that manifest? It's terrible. Uh, the, the manifestation is that I feel other people's pains, and I really don't have an interest particularly um, to do that. And if I am in pain and I feel other people's pain, I am a mess. And it happens all the time. My daughter, I feel my daughter is like a transparent mirror for me, um, whatever she's going through, and uh, sometimes it's overwhelming, and many times I'm really drained. 
and and it's definitely I I, I don't have boundaries. Um, energetic. Uh, it's like I have no skin. Yes, it rubs you raw. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so, have you worked with Cyprian? Well, you know, people told me to. I read books about empaths, and I read. Uh, um, I was told to do imagery and to put myself into surround surround myself with white light, and basically, it doesn't work. There is no such thing as white light. There's black light and red light, blue light. There is no white light, is there? Well, you know, there is shining light and pink light and blue light and, you know, stuff like that. Yes, but there's no white light. You're right. We agree agree on that. (laughs) There really really isn't. There's clear light. There's shining light. There's all kinds of different lights, but there's really no white light at all. You know, this planet, the Earth, has seen a few changes. And the things that live upon it has seen some amazing changes. As a matter of fact, so far as we can tell, there have been three mass extinction events. Several smaller extinction events, but three extinction events on this planet in which 99% of all life on the planet was wiped out. There is one known organism that has survived all three of these extinctions. And the way it exists is that it takes in everything. It absorbs and uses that which nourishes it and it spins out everything else. It is, in fact, the word we use to describe absorbing air, any, everything, because it is the sponge. Since I learned that, I've endeavored to live as a sponge, because I, too, was taught, build a shield, put this white light around yourself, and I thought, bad word that. That's not how I want to live. I want to be permeable. I want to put my foot on the earth and sink into the earth. I want to breathe the air and take the plants into me. I don't want to shield myself from life. I want to be more and more available to life. Yes, I want that. And I am that. But in some ways... I don't do it right because I hurt myself. I am overwhelmed. I don't think there's any right or wrong. I don't think hurting yourself is a mistake. But it's beyond me, you know. Yes, I do have an intention to love and to heal and to nurture. But uh, when I take pains that are not mine and on top of my history of the shingle pain and that pain and the allergies. I'm just like too much. I'm drained very easily. Can the earth restore you? The what? 
the earth and the earth restore you. I find the earth yeah, very well, restorative. It is, a, it is a giant battery, isn't it? Yes. The well, earth is always I'm, sending out chi. And if I'm feeling like what's around me and what's inside me is really asking a lot of me, if I just go and lay on the earth or even put my bare hands or my bare feet on the earth. Yeah, I would lean against the tree as I, I was walking a lot in Central Park, and uh, yeah, the, the being on the ground is is restoring. I couldn't do that. That sometimes in my life I had to to work full time and to sit in air conditioned spaces. And anyway, it, that's another story. Sunday, uh, I told people in that situation was to get a kitty litter tray. Fill it full of earth, take it to work with them, and put it under their desks. Then take their shoes off and put their feet in the earth. I'm done with that, thanks God. I am retired, but I am retired and sick, and that annoys me. It is annoying. Yeah. So uh, for the leaky gut, there isn't much I can do except looking at these lists and trying to eat um, somewhat. Uh, you know, I love bread. He says the bread has a lot of lectin, especially the whole wheat. That's what he's saying. It needs to be sourdough. Yeah, you know. When it is sourdough, there's no lectin. That's what I just said. Okay. In general, lectin is reduced or eliminated mm-hmm. by cooking and, if not cooked, fermenting. But, oh, gee, golly gosh, do we eat raw dough? No, we cook it. Yes. Again, he is half right. That's like saying your car goes forward because of explosions. Hmm. It's true, isn't it? I'm not a car driver, so I can't debate on the subject. <laughs> it's not a debate. What I'm saying is that that sounds very scary to be <laughs> yeah. in, in something that goes forward by explosions. But, yes, that's exactly what happens, you know. Mm-hmm. The piston pushes down, compresses the gas. There's a spark into the compressed gas, which explodes, pushing the piston up, which turns the crankshaft, which moves the wheels of the car. But if I just say your car moves by explosions, what I'm saying is not a lie, but neither is it actually the truth. Now, I learned this very early on because I was talking to a group about good nutrition and I was extolling whole grains. And it was a weekend workshop. And one of the participants came to me, livid, really red in the face, livid, the next day and said, my husband says that you are trying to poison us by telling us to eat whole grains because they are filled with lectins and other substances that are poisonous to human beings. How dare you? Wow. And I thought, how odd, how odd 
that human beings have elected to focus themselves on growing plants that are poisonous to themselves. And so tasty and wonderful. I mean, I love whole So perhaps the person who says these plants are bad is wrong, since that is the solitary voice. And not that the solitary voice can't sometimes be right. I receive now and then some loaves of bread from a woman who wrote and said, my children really seemed to have allergic reaction to bread. And I said to myself, I, this, is, this is just not tolerable. It's not okay that my children are reacting this way to bread. And she began to research bread and to go back and follow bread back. And she said what she found was that bread was always fermented. It was always sourdough. It was always left to sit overnight. Mm-hmm. And so she began making her own bread. So I get a loaf of bread from her now and then. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. From her own sourdough starter that she has, that she then sets up her dough to ferment overnight. And her kids are thriving on that. It's, you know, all the years that I spent and Sally Fallon have spent, which is now being established by research, saying you can't confuse eating animal products from animals that are well-treated with eating animal products from animals that aren't well-treated. And your studies aren't show, aren't making that distinction. And once they started actually looking, then the advantage of the grass-fed became very clear. Yeah. Whereas before, people were saying, oh, milk is bad. No, it's not milk that's bad. Meat is bad. No, it's not meat that's bad. Grain is bad. No, it's not grain that's bad. It's we have somehow lost our roots. Do you have Sally Fallon's Nourishing Traditions cookbook? If not, check it out of the library. Yeah. She goes through this at length. She says that eggplant and tomato and bell peppers and zucchini and cucumbers are on the no list. I love these things. They are indeed, and they are on the no list because he is a European, and Europeans are terrified of nightshades because nightshades, edible nightshades, don't grow in Europe. Only poisonous ones, the ones that make you crazy, grow in Europe. All the edible ones grow in, you got it, South America. Home of potato and tomato. Mm-hmm. So, of course, these things are suspect, but not only that. We have a little macrobiotics thrown in here, too. And in macrobiotics, what we want is to be yang, which is masculine, not yin, which is feminine. Things that are swollen are yin. 
therefore we avoid eating them. So you would not eat a zucchini or a cucumber or a pumpkin or a tomato because they are too yin. Oh, the length that fear of women goes to. My, 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 my. What a bunch of silliness this book is. I'm glad I brought it to your attention. I love cucumbers and zucchini and pumpkins and eggplant and bell peppers. I love them. So they don't irritate me. They do not. And again, this is the problem with a diagnosis. The diagnosis then becomes something that you treat, and it becomes something that then discourages you from listening to your body, which is saying, excuse me, I like these foods. Your body's not wrong. Make sure they're cooked. Yes, yeah, he talks about that, that they also have to be peeled because the lectin is in the... Uh, <laughs> in the as, as are that 90% of the antioxidant vitamins. Yeah, I, 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 I knew that I shouldn't peel anything. Yeah, again, here we have... I'll be a little armchair uh, therapist here. Here we have a person who has a difficulty with, you know, having things be the way they are. So we don't have to go into food phobia. I have never found food phobia to be useful. Again, we don't want to find what food is the culprit. There's no food that's the culprit. There's no food that's bad. There's no food that's making you feel bad. There is... Good food. Yeah. You you are making your best effort to eat that good food. I eat good food all the time, but I have the same information. So I would not damn what you are doing. I Mm -hmm. think what you are doing, what you are eating, you're drinking your infusions, I think that's fine. You could add marshmallow root infusion make a marshmallow quart of marshmallow root infusion keep it in the fridge drink a quarter of a cup to half of a cup now and then and see what that does or make some slippery on balls and dissolve one of those in your cheek at any point during the day or the evening and see what that does just experiment with it while you're waiting for the ocean to go you mean on top of everything that I'm drinking already, or I can let go of uh, of the daily? Off of everything you're drinking already, you're going to also drink a little bit of marshmallow. A quarter of a cup. Oh. A couple of swallows. Oh. <laughs> All right. Yeah, because I, I drink a whole tea of, of you know, the stinging nettle. I like it. You know, it's amazing. I never believed that. I like. I, I remember years ago. I said I don't know why the herbs are not sold as spices because they bring a new taste to the food, and I mix it with everything I eat. I love them. Wonderful! What a great idea! Yes, 
I love you. All right. You. I'm going to let you go and go on to the next person. All right, Kate? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. In blessings. Good night. All right. And our next caller is calling from the 903 area code. You are live on the air from the 903. Hi there. Hi. How are you, Susan? I'm doing quite well. It was a beautiful day here. How about you? Very well, so thank you. Um, so I'm calling because um, I'm wanting to, I've, I've just recently ordered um, the herbs for your nourishing herbal infusions, and I wanted to just check in first. Um, I've had a reaction to echinacea the couple of times that I've tried to use it, and I wanted to get your advice first on whether or not, um, like, what you may first, be causing that reaction you first of all or tell if me, I need to be worried. What, first of all, excuse me, could you first of all tell me what species of Echinacea and what form you took it? Um, I'm not 100% sure what species it was. Um, it was just in supplement form. In a pill? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Do you have a pencil and a piece of paper? Mm-hmm. All right. I'd like you to write these words down. Do okay. not ever. <laughs> Do, not Do not ever. ever take any herb in a pill. Do not ever okay, take any herb in <laughs> a pill. Nine words. Gotcha. Okay? okay? And if you follow those nine words, you will be completely safe, unless you're taking some poisonous plant. But okay. nourishing herbal infusions, too, they're not poisonous, are they? No. So, okay. it's going to be absolutely safe. And I know tens of thousands of people who are drinking them, and no one has had an allergic reaction to any of them. Yeah, I okay. do know that there are people who have celiac disease, who are very careful to source their oat straw from a supplier that never includes any actual oat grain in their oat straw infusion, in the oat straw that they buy for infusion. Okay. Most of the rest of us can tolerate a few actual things of oats in with our oat straw. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Okay. Um, and on the same line of the herbal infusions, do you recommend um, taking them with, like, a little bit of coconut oil or any kind of fat to help with emulsions? I don't like to use the word take with nourishing herbal infusions because it seems to set them apart from food. In the United States, Mm -hmm. we don't usually say, I take eggs, right? Right. We would say, I eat eggs, yes? Yes. Would you take orange juice? No. You wouldn't take a nourishing herbal infusion either. Okay. It's as much food, it's more food than orange juice. 
and eggs. We drink okay. nourishing herbal infusions. We drink them whenever we want to. We drink them with our meals. We drink them in between meals. We drink them warm in the evening, warm in the morning. We add honey to them. We have them with ice sitting outside with friends. We enjoy our nourishing herbal infusions, and they are exactly good enough as they are. Okay. Awesome. Um, I uh, have just been, the only reason I asked is that I've been taking, um, (laughs) I'm sorry, that's just a habit, I suppose. I've been drinking um, ginger and turmeric root tea. Ginger is not a nourishing herb. Excuse me. No, no, it's not. It's just um I was talking about that, nourishing herbs, yes? Yes. I wasn't I was talking, about talking about things ginger. Something completely different. I understand. Just from my own experience. Um I just enjoy ginger tea. Okay. And um but I was throwing some turmeric in to help um with some inflammation, and I had read that adding in some coconut oil could help um, with the absorption of the turmeric. Sure. The absorption is so poor that anything will help. Okay. Basically, turmeric is useless. Okay. I certainly don't ever use it as an anti-inflammatory. I prefer linden. So a nourishing herbal infusion is linden flower, red clover blossom, comfrey leaf, oat straw, stinging nettle, hibiscus flowers, chickweed, marshmallow root. It is never an herb that has a smell. So we don't make infusions from ginger or turmeric or any of those things. You're very rightly making a tea from those because they're not the kind of herb that we use to maintain health. Okay. They're stimulants and sedatives. Mm -hmm. And those herbs used as medicines when we need them and how wonderful that we have them. But the mm-hmm. nourishing herb infusion, stinging nettle, oats I went through with quite a few of them, and talk about them mm-hmm. in my book. Those are the herbs for every day. And they're not made as a tea. It's a whole ounce of dried herb, weighed out, and then brewed with one quart of boiling water in a lidded container for at least four hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been watching your videos on YouTube and kind of working through some of the processes on how you do things a little different with different herbs um, and I'm excited to, to try them once my Wonderful. herbs come in. Wonderful. Um, right, so you have a scale so you can weigh out an ounce. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you need a scale. Um, That's the most important thing to get together. Just make okay, sure I you have, have a scale and four jars because it's, it's not a volume measurement, it's a weight measurement. Mm-hmm. Um, on a 
on a separate note than the herbal infusions, I was listening to your conversation um, from a few weeks back the other day um, with the man who had the blood sugar problem, and I heard you talk about how um, salads are basically useless, that foods don't have to be cooked. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that and um, if I remember you talking about how cows um, kind of ferment their food in their stomachs and it like do we I was just curious are, are we not similar in that way um, like how do um, I guess just okay so let me ask you this about two or three hours after you eat you cough up your food and then chew it for half an hour and then swallow it again <laughs> no Oh, I didn't think so. Well, that's what a cow does. A cow does ferment, not kind of, it does ferment the vegetable matter. It bites and swallows without chewing and then coughs that fermented vegetable matter back up, chews it now, and swallows it where it goes into the stomach. The fermentation part of the digestive system is called the rumen and these animals are called ruminants they are cows and goats and sheep they are elk and moose and bison and they are deer and antelope they are some of the most successful animals on their planet because they cook their food Mm. is there anything made of wood around where you are right now Yes. Oh, that's plant, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That piece of wood was a plant, yes? Those, yes. Are the, those are the cell walls of the plant. That piece of wood that you have, that is the cellular structure, the cell walls of the body. That's pretty hard, huh? In, mm-hmm. fact, in fact, even something as delicate as grass can withstand 10,000 pounds per square inch without breaking. Cell walls in plants are magnificent. They are so tough. Mm. Suppose I gave you a sword, a very sharp sword, and I put you in a room that was filled floor to ceiling with glass marbles and promised you a million dollars for every marble you cut in half. How rich would you be? Um, not very. Because those marbles represent the cell walls of the plants. And the sword is your knife or your juicer or your teeth, and they do nothing, do they? Mm-mm. So when you eat salad, the cell walls arrive intact into your body. And digestive juice in your stomach is primarily designed to break down proteins. It's very acidic. So it doesn't do too much to the plant. So people who want to get benefit from their salad cook their salad by adding oil to it. Mm-hmm. A study found that women who ate salad every day without salad dressing with 
no-fat salad dressing or with low-fat salad dressing had as much breast cancer as women who never ate salad. But that women who ate salad daily with a couple of tablespoons of oil on it had a third less breast cancer. Mm. There's no nutrition in raw food. Okay. I understand. Um, and there's a YouTube called The Raw vs. Cook Debate, which is a lot of fun and you'll enjoy it. Okay. Um, I have one last question for you, and then I'll let you um, move right along. Um, I've run into this notion on the good old interweb um, Turpentine being used folklorically kind of as a, you know, snake oil, heal-all. Um, I bet you're thinking about the turpentine that you would go and buy at the hardware store. Turpentine is an old name for tincture of pine. Mm-hmm. So do not use turpentine like you would use to clean paint from your brushes that you get at the hardware store, but do use Tincture of pine, which is what they mean in those books when they talk about turpentine. So you have you have heard of it then? Do you can you speak to its usefulness? Have you ever heard of what? Um, what is usefulness of pine? What are the characteristics of pine? What does pine offer us? Is there pine? Um, is there pine in the supermarket? Um, where would it where would it be if there was pine in the supermarket? In the gardening section. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. And right next to Mr. Clee, you wouldn't find pine salt? Mm, mm-hmm. Yes, you would, wouldn't you? So you would find pine in the supermarket as pine salt. Open your eyes to where pine is. Be observant this week this month and see what pine has to tell you okay okay all right green blessings good night thank you green blessings all right we have three callers with their hands raised and our next caller is calling from the 908 area code from the 908 you are live with susan hello 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 susan hi Hi, it's Carol Raptus from New Jersey. Hi, Carol. Hi. Oh, I heard you say it was glorious in the Catskills today. It is. Oh, beautiful. Um, mm, I'm calling um, Susan, and I want to respect uh, what you say about um, calling for someone else. Uh, This is my granddaughter, who's 16 and a half, and she's in a different time zone, um, Colorado. So I was wondering if I could ask you about her concussion that she received Saturday night from a uh, terrible car accident where she was hit, turning into the intersection by a pickup truck going 70 miles an hour. And the car was totaled, and she um, got out of the car miraculously, but has a concussion and 
forearm and knee, but the head? There isn't any particular herb that's used to counter the effects of concussion. Basically, Mm. the brain is very soft. And Mm. when there's impact, the brain can actually smack up against the skull, right? Right. So it's bruised. Oh. So what I would think to use whenever something is bruised would be arnica. Oh, yes. Right? Yes, yes, Susan. Um, I also know that if I've overused something, that hypericum can be a really good ally for me. Okay. Again, I'm not saying that these things are specific to a concussion. Um, Yes, it's the theme this evening because um, it's not like even modern medicine doesn't have any way to treat a concussion, right? Yes. There isn't a treatment for it. You watch and you want to be sure that there's not excessive swelling, that, you know, all functions are uh, going on. You know, there's the scare stories, and they're true, of people with concussions who seem fine and then they drop dead. Oh, dear. Right? So being very watchful is really important. Okay. And um, really noticing, you know, what's going on without hoovering or, you know, being like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the delicate balance there. Delicate, uh, yeah. Delicate, yeah. delicate. Um, and what I find very important when I've suffered trauma is that I need to retell the story of that trauma um, until I really have discharged the energy of it. Oh, beautiful. Yes. So encourage her to tell you about what happened and how she felt. And, and it's okay. Um, you're not upsetting her if she starts crying when she's telling you, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yes, yes, because we want that trauma to move otherwise it can get very sticky sticky yes she says she can't remember what happened in the accident that's That's fine too okay okay that happened Saturday night and now uh, Monday she's having some headaches and I I think her emotions um, my daughter said are very you know She's very emotional. Well, who wouldn't? Well, be? wouldn't we? Wouldn't any of us be if that had happened? My Absolutely. goodness. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And so, again, this is where it's good to be the person who says, "I have a shoulder you can cry on. You don't have to have any reason for crying." Yes. Oh, you're so beautiful. Mm. Yes. We are impacted and scared. At, at very deep and nonverbal levels. Mm. 
Bless you, bless you. So even over the telephone, by Zoom, however you can pull it off, you have an opportunity to really be there for her. Thank you, Susan. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. You're welcome, Carol. I love you. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Lots of love. Thank you. All right, and our next caller is calling from the 831 area code. From the 831, you are live on the air with Susan. Hello. Hi, Susan. Hi. Hi, it's Eliani. I Hi, Eliani. I'm like, I'm, I'm crying because I'm calling you about a concussion that I had and in January. And <laughs> it's just like, you know, that magic that happens when, when, you know, you, you just, you know, <laughs> so um, I had a concussion in January and um, I, I, I used the Arnica and I put it on my head and um, in the places where it, there was especially swelling and I used it for, I would say like the first 24 hours, maybe even longer. I just kept on applying it. And um, so then after that, um, after a while, the swelling started to go down. And I really hope that um, that woman is still listening because it's, you know, like, I, um, it was very, it, it went smoothly for me. I, um, there was a lot of, a lot of stress and a lot of tears and, um, and my story was, was, it was hard to tell and, but I was telling it and, um, I was feeling strong and then a couple of months went by. So February went by and then here we are in March and this last week I was, feeling so many of those symptoms that had come that had happened at the beginning that and but there so much time had gone in between um when I had had the when I had last had those severe symptoms and that I that I didn't even associate it and I thought to myself like oh, what is going on something's really wrong and I thought that maybe I had an ear infection because I was dizzy and I was nauseous. And so I went to go get that investigated. And um, I, was, I was kind of in denial about, about it because even the doctor was like, your ears are fine. And I didn't go there to, to like, oh, these are my concussion symptoms because I wanted so badly to believe that it was over and that I was through it and that um that I wasn't going to experience those that horrible feeling that that was that had been happening and so I finally got to a place and mother where it really helped me I got to a place where I was like oh yeah this is what's going on and so I started using um St. Jones wort and or not, I started um, working with Saint Dan, working with Saint Joneswort, and she was really helped. Saint Joneswort and Motherwort, and and she was really helping me. And I kept on like 
I so it was this last week and or this last weekend that the symptoms were really flaring up and I was like I feel so lost I want to talk to Susan and um and only even a few like hours ago and even just into this phone call I was like feeling that that fear that I had starting to alleviate and and I and I really feel held and I feel um so much clearer and stronger and <laughs> and it, it was just yeah so now that I'm t actually talking to you I re I'm realizing that I don't have any questions for you <laughs> and um and that I I wanted to share my story because the woman had just called with the granddaughter that um, was going through the concussion. And um, and also, oh, um, another thing that really was helping me was exercise, um, cardio exercise, especially, it, it seems like. And so, um, so that's all, Susan, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Look at that, you had access to the wise woman in you. Yes, you go, honey. Yay. I love oh. you. Oh, I love you too. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for letting Bye. me share my story. Just perfect. Uh -huh. Bye. <laughs> All right. At this time, we have one caller who has raised their hand to let us know that they have a question. And the caller is calling from the 352 area code. In the 352, you Susan. Hi, Susan. This is Carol Hi. from Nashville, Tennessee. Hi. Hey. What's up I want to hear your voice. Okay. Hey, what's up tonight? Purple dead nettle. It grows among the cleavers, the dandelion, the violets. And some, um, what do you think about the fact that they grow among such nutritious herbs? Why is that not the most uh, nutritious herb? And my next question, and I'll, is, are you a Toastmaster? Not officially. Because your public, your public speaking skills are. I listen. I listen all the time because I'm perfecting my public speaking skills, and you are killing it. Susan, you amaze my life. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I've actually studied public speaking since I was in high school. I used to be on the debate team and do um, um, there were big um, contests in Texas of oratory which I was in. It was just, I was always fascinated by the power of... Uh, of course you were. And how we can... Because your uh, patience amazes me. So, purple dead nettle is actually not nettle at all. It's a mint. It's a lamia. Of course. And the mint family got renamed in honor of it. So this whole family is now, now called the Lamiaceae. And the reason that we don't use more purple dead nettle is because it's not very, A, tasty. 
It's not like we say, oh, wow, look at that. Great, this big patch of purple dead, and that'll get, get some of that in our salad. Right. You could eat it. It's not, does it doesn't smell like it tastes bad. It's just like, eh. No, it's very interesting. And not, you know, not like the kind of, like, food stuff that you'd go out of your way to pick. And similarly, for a mint, it's not very medicinal. Almost every other mint is more medicinal than dead nettle. And so it suffers greatly in comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm listening. Which is not to say that you couldn't use it if you wanted to, as you would use any mint, right? And all of the mints mm-hmm. we know are good for the digestive system, good for the respiratory system, generally help to relieve anxiety. And so if there's a whole lot of it growing by you, maybe you want to see if it wants to have a relationship with you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then you'll call us back later on and you'll say, okay, gang, this is what Lamium this is the new amazing stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Susan. I sent you a letter. You're my rock star. I'm sure uh, you're a toastmaster. Doing. <laughs> Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. All right. At this time, we have any callers that have pressed one to let us know they have a question. If you are on the line or listening and you would like to speak with Susan, please press one. Oh, here we go. We have someone with a question from the 514 area code. You are live with Susan. Thank you. Hello, Susan. Hi. Wonderful to share the evening with you. And I was hoping I could uh, get your your side, your your wisdom on uh, one of the issues that has come up uh, around me regarding vaccines and COVID. I know we've talked about it lots, but in this case, it's for people who have already had COVID, and therefore we hope they have all these antibodies and they have an immune response, as you yourself had said, a, a wiser and better response than the man-made vaccine if you actually get the virus, if I recall correctly. And, uh, and of course, now all these vaccines are being distributed. And the two things I've heard is to, is to wait three months and get one vaccine as a booster shot, but no need for a second because you'll already be topped up having had the virus and now having the booster shot. So I find there's just not that much information out there about it, and I'm wondering if you have any thoughts or experiences and what you think about vaccine post-COVID once, twice, or none at all. The interesting thing to me about COVID and vaccines is that it seems to matter a lot where you are and what you do. In terms of? 
people who are in places where they come in contact with a lot of other people need Mm -hmm. more protection than people who aren't in contact with a lot of people. Right. I have said and continue to say, if I was in a situation where I was inside seeing a lot of people, I would want the vaccine, I would want it right away, and I wouldn't care if I thought I had had COVID or not. Part of what we're seeing is that some of the people who did have COVID but were fairly symptom-free or had very mild symptoms are now, four to six months later, starting to get some pretty bad symptoms. Hmm. And apparently when they are vaccinated, those symptoms go away. Okay, and these are people who had already had COVID or thought they had COVID. They, yes, but okay. they had a mild case, right? Mm-hmm. These right. are the people, in fact, that were the most concerned with because they're the people who usually passed it on, right? The people who had it and didn't really realize they had it because they were pretty symptom-free. Right, at, at, at that time, right. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet, for one reason or another, wound up knowing that they did have it, either because they got tested or something, you know, something else happened, or people around them started getting COVID and it, it turned out it was them, <laughs> right? And so they know that they had COVID, and now they're getting what was originally called long haulers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've heard that term. But they, yeah, but they've changed it to something else now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, you know, I, I guess it's, uh, it's so, confusing. Well, and is there enough vaccine for everybody? What, well, there is. There, I guess you know, the, if, there, if there is, good. And you've had it and you want to get vaccinated, good. No problem. Is there not and you've had it and you think you can do without it, good. Because that's going to be different from place to place as well. And what's the, what is the what's going on with the people around you? I mean, I live in New York. People in New York are really mask conscious. Mm-hmm. You know, my friend Whitefeather and I go out for a walk every Tuesday, and we walk in this big park. And the only place that you see anybody else, the park is so big, is in the parking lot. And by golly, I see people in the parking lot wearing masks as they go off for their walks. So there's just that high level of care and consideration for self and others where I am. And yet I know that there are places where that's simply not true. Mm-hmm. So what's your risk? What's your fear? What's your benefit? Well, those, you know, that, that it, is that those combination of things are going to be so different for each and every person, and then we have to mix in and what's your access? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned fear because I guess my biggest fear is that you're going to negate some of the precious 
defense, you know, defensive mechanisms that have been triggered by having the virus. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think you will get rid of them. Okay. You think it'll still have the same sort of, you know, positive, hopefully positive effects? Would you say that natural systems tend toward redundancy? Mm, Natural systems of the body? Natural systems? Any natural systems. So I am a tree. I will make one seed. Correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. No? No. No. Many. Many seeds. Redundancy. I am a dandelion. I will make one seed? No. Mm-hmm. I will send all my seeds in the same direction? No. Nature thrives on redundancy. Nature tends to, and evolution tends to, keep things even if they may not be needed at the moment. Okay. Nature is your original hoarder. (laughs) She likes to keep all the bits and pieces around. (laughs) I can relate to that well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting. And thank you for your time and know how much I appreciate everything you do and everything that you are. Thank you so much. Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. Good night. All right. And our next caller uh, before our guest tonight is three calling from the 304 area code. You are live from the 304. Hello. Hello, 304. Come in. Come in, 304. And it looks like they have hung up um, from the 304. We do have one more caller with their hand raised from the 720 area code. From the 720, you are live with Susan. Hello. Right. Uh, well, we do not have anyone with their hand raised. Um, we do have our guest uh, has just dialed in. So if you would like, we could go to our guest. Give me one moment and we can. Oh, All right. Certainly. Here we go. Cindy Dale is an internationally renowned author, speaker, intuitive energy healer, professor of energy medicine, and author of 27 books about energy medicine, intuition, and spirituality. She's considered the teacher of teachers. She's worked with over 70,000 clients and presented hundreds of seminars and workshops across the Americas and in Russia, England, Wales, Amsterdam, Iceland, Costa Rica, Belize, Morocco, Peru, Scotland, and more. She's a favorite teacher and healer for China, leading in-person and online classes and has been published in over 18 languages. Her books include The Bible of Energy Medicine and the winner of four internationally recognized publishers' awards, The Subtle Body, an encyclopedia of your energetic anatomy, and Llewellyn's complete book of chakras, the largest 
compendium of chakra knowledge ever produced. And it was published just five years ago in 2016. Her latest release last year is Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and Chronic Illness. Advanced Chakra Healing, a reissue of a popular book first printed 15 years ago, is slated for release by Llewellyn this year. And along with Dana Child, Cindy is writing a book to be published by St. Martin's Press in 2022 about making food and health choices through the chakras. Welcome to the show, Cindy. Thank you, Susan. I'm very happy to be here. I sound like a really busy person, don't I? Yes, you do. How wonderful. I know. (laughs) I know. And I love plants as well. I don't have a book about it or your expertise, but when we're working with the natural world, which people like me who do energy healing do, you need to encompass that beautiful and vibrant world. Absolutely, and I certainly don't make much of a living at it, but I do teach classes on chakras now and then. So we have a lot of crossover in our work, and just thrilled that we were able to get you to be with us this evening to talk to us about, um, well, basically anything that you want to talk about, but perhaps we should just start with some basics. What do you mean when you say energy? I have a very simple definition because I think simple is <laughs> simple is smartest. I simply define energy as information that moves because science is showing that absolutely everything is informed. It has some kind of basic programming or intelligence and everything vibrates. So, you know, Einstein said forever ago, everything's made out of energy. And, you know, they, we, I tend to differentiate between physical, you know, or more measurable and subtle energies, but, but one just kind of turns into the other. He himself really said that anything in density is really just energy, energy that slowed down. So, um, re- really, I could be an expert at almost anything or nothing because I work with energy all the time, and everything's energy. How wonderful. No wonder you could write 27 books. <laughs> I know. I could probably write – well, I've written about the energy of, of animals, of pets. Uh, you know, I'm starting to help people decorate, of all things, energetically – so I can never get bored. I, I just simply have to keep on, you know, kind of opening my eyes to look at the world with different, you know, different eyeglasses on. The world is filled with so much information, and much of that information is about joy, as well as, at least we forget here in spring, a lot of that information is about sex. It is procreation, which brings us joy, but I'm so glad you talk about joy because so many people talk about purpose as, you know, kind of in heavy terms, and I do believe we have a calling and we want to be of service, but I sort of like it when it also activates joy as well, you know, and, you know, kind of we greet the world that way. Um, Walt Whitman, the poet forever ago, you know, had a wonderful poem where he talked about, you know, I went forth in the world, you know, like a child would, and everything I saw that, that is what I became. I'm not, you know, expressing the poem completely, but you go into the world and you become what you see and feel if you meet it with joy. Exactly. 
So insofar as everything is energy, is the energy of everything the same? Like you said, you're helping people to decorate with energy. Is that because there's different decorations that call forth different kinds of energy? Well, yes, there is. So, I mean, actually, I believe everybody and everything has its own sort of original blueprint. And one of my favorite story about plants and animals and people goes all the way back to the one of the Hopi creation stories where it said that in the beginning, first there were plants and then there were animals and they had their own teachings that they were to give to the world. And then people came thirdly, you know, or in dot, 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 dot place. And, you know, at first we were willing to learn from these teachers and then not so much. And we thought we were the teachers. Um, but, but back in that time, it said that if anything was injured, anybody was hurt, or you had, you know, kind of a mood challenge or whatever it might be, um, all you had to do is realign your blueprint with that of the creators, you know, or be open to the unique energy imprints from specific animals or plants to bring yourself back into balance. So everything has its own blueprint. We're kind of like all like snowflakes. I get to say that because I live in Minnesota, so I'm an expert on snow. <laughs> and it's, right? We're all different. Every cell is different. Every organ system is different. Every Every single... And anything, you know, in this in this world has its own particular blueprint or capacity. You know, it emanates its own sound and its own set of, you know, frequencies or light. Um, so it is a delightful world. You know, what a garden, you know, where we get to become who we are and we get to open to what others, you know, are or can be, too. Truly an endless source of delight and uh I don't know if you heard me just before you came on. We were, I was talking about how much redundancy there is in nature. I heard that, yes. You don't just have one seed if you're going to populate. Well, you know, dandelions blow all over. <laughs> they, they know how to get the job done. <laughs> right. Na- na- nature doesn't just have a plan A. She always has a lot of contingency plans up her sleeves. Exactly. The first thing we do when we cultivate plants is we make them ripen all their seeds at the same time, which no wild plant in its right mind would do. And though they're not going to compete that way. You know, and, and so many different plants when we even approach them medicinally, which I'm not an expert at, but I've done a lot of traveling and worked with different plant medicine shamans and uh, healers in different places of the world. They know that you know, this, that maybe there's five different plants that they grow or they, or they cultivate, you know, from the wild that will help with diarrhea, you know, or this or that, but they all do it a little differently. In fact, one of my favorite memories is I was studying with a plant shaman down in the Amazonian basin, down near Iquitos uh, in Peru. And he grew the area's medicinal plants on his land. And when I was there in this huge acreage, because I was in the energy of acceptance, like of communicating with plants, I only had to touch a plant and I would do it, you know, kind of very softly, almost like, like you know, kind of knocking on the door very politely, like, do you choose to share with me? And I could get images of what it would, how it would serve, what it could help with. And 
I, images are feelings, and every plant I touched was able to give me, you know, that kind of message. And I knew them each as different. They each would help in different ways. And I have this feeling, too, that some of them would refuse to help <laughs> certain, for certain situations or for certain people. Like there was almost this, there was a soul to the plants and the process. Yes, one of the reasons that that happened was that you had slowed yourself down enough to be able to hear them. Exactly, because we have to be at that, um, like if it's a sound, we have to be at the same cycling, at the same hertz, you know, or that same place where you can interrelate, which I found most of the, the healers, the plant medicine experts, the um, shamans kind of lived in that space, you know, and then, you know, kind of had to go up into the more jagged, you know, kind of communication with we English people, right, we Americans, right? But they were able to hold that communication portal open, too. Yes. Yes, it it is a shamanic skill to be able to go two speeds at once. I would say that, and I I know you know you do it, and it's I I think a lot of us, like myself included, have a very challenging time doing that in my everyday life because I'm doing the laundry and I'm going to college baseball, and I'm here and I'm there, uh, and so you know I like to think that I have my radar open, but I miss too much, and I'm constantly trying to challenge myself to be in that you know kind of kind of like two-way flow. In fact, the first thing I do in the morning, I typically get up at 4.15. I grab my two dogs, put them in the car. Uh, we go to the dog park, which is an open-air dog park, and there we are for 45 minutes to an hour. So I think we're supposed to be out, live out, um, you know, kind of drink in what's in nature. And if I skip that during the day, I'm sort of a cranky person. I don't, I don't think I'm a very nice person if I miss that kind of opening up my, you know, my doorways, if you would. How beautifully you evoke that for us. Thank you. And remind us that it's worth getting up for. It's worth getting up for, and the dogs would wake me anyway at this point. So So I passed the point of free will. (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, Dorothy McLean talked about the difference between like an individual plant spirit and the diva of the plants, which she kind of saw as like the spirit not just of a plant, but the spirit of a whole group of plants. Do you distinguish a difference in that way? I do, and I I don't know if I'm an expert and somebody who's able to say each individual plant or each stone has its own, uh, you know, soul or its own individuality. I've often experienced that in my studies, but I have also met the devas, or you know, they're they're like um, they're like parents, they're they're gardeners, you know, who you know, who kind of cultivate and keep going. Um, in fact, one of my trips to Iceland, I was with a couple girlfriends, and uh, we were out 
Oh, in the beautiful, right before the glacier area. So the land was very stark. This was maybe three years ago. Very mossy. And we got out of the car and just started walking. And there's just like jagged rocks uh, with with moss. And um, it's like it's like a being, you know, of the moss began to talk to me and communicate. And I can't tell you what it said because you know it's vibrational information at that level you know often when i'm communicating with you know people souls like who words or or their guides you know it my brain is able to convert it into words but it was more like that particular i'll just use the phrase Deva, was sending me senses and feelings and encouragements um and i felt like it was representing I don't know if it was just the moss in that area or, you know, all that type of moss or that particular type of growth. Um, but it was almost like a spokesperson for and, – and, and I felt, here, walk here, you know, this is fragile. Go on these rocks, not these rocks. And I felt rejuvenated. And, you know, you know the other word I would say, Susan, I felt known. I felt like that over spirit had a sense of me, which gave me a different sense of myself than I'd had before, too. Yes. It, that over self reminds us, reminds me, not to take it so personally. That's a beautiful way to say it. Right. And, that yeah. part of the spiral. That we're all part of the spiral, and that, or as the plants say to me, oh, right, we keep forgetting that you people think of yourself as individuals. We do. And, you know, that Hopi creation story talks about how people originally were of one heart. And then we started listening to the darkness and developed two hearts. And so, you know, that second heart that so many of us have that's separate and separate it out, I think that is our greatest challenge, is we think of ourselves as somehow better or bigger or unique, but so lonely. That's such a lonely stance. Mm-hmm. And that's where, the, that's where the, the ability of energy to be one as well as to be different comes in, because once we recognize that, then we can't ever be alone, because there's everything else all the time. Like you're saying, we're in the spiral. Well, I have had a few lessons from individual, uh, you know, kind of plants and trees of nature. There's one in particular that's a very interesting story. I was on a different uh, mission down in the Iquitos area, and I'd actually led a group down there. And we were working with a particular shaman who took us down the Amazon a couple hours. He wanted to introduce us to his teacher. He'd had a teacher of eight years, and he wouldn't explain it, and I can't speak Spanish, so even if he had explained it, um, you know, in his language, I wouldn't have understood. So two hours by, like, this boat that barely chugged, and then, you know, kind of we stopped, you know, kind of at a, <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the side and, you know, have a couple, you know, young men with machetes making the way through a path that doesn't look, you know, kind of very visited. And we walked back maybe, well, it felt like hours. It was probably a half an hour, to be really honest. And the shaman brings us to this beautiful giant tree. And he said, for eight years, this has been my teacher. And it, the, the, 
it, it was like, you know, the, tr- the tree bowed and I wanted to bow, like, simultaneously. <sighs> it was beautiful. Well, there was a woman, and I'm a leader, right? And, you know, you're not supposed to really be very judgmental. She was a pain. She was a very big challenge. <laughs> I mean, everything was negative, and I'm not going to get better, and this doesn't make sense. And the tree sort of spoke to me, and my brain interpreted it as, now watch this. And from an opening in the tree flew all these insects. I have no idea what they were, but this bevy of insects, and they all stung her. And I'm going, oh, my God. I mean, the first thing I think of is very just sort of normal and not very advanced. Like, oh, my God, if she dies, I'm going to get sued, which is really not a good group leader thought. And then the tree sort of encouraged me, like, well, go heal her. Heal her. And I'm like, how am I supposed to heal her? I don't know how to heal her. I don't know what these bugs are. And everybody's standing around and looking at me because I'm such, you know, a so-called leader. That's right. I have no idea what to do. I think the tree kind of boosted me because I opened up my pack to see if I had anything, you know, in my fanny pack I could use. And all I had was Carmex. Well, that's not really, you know, that's not really medicinal, It, but I, I kind of, everybody knows Carmex has a little yellow top on it. So I unscrewed the top and left it in the pack and, you know, took out this, you know, kind of little bowl of this menthol smelling, you know, kind of lip gloss, basically. And I spread it on her body and I kept trying to stay in touch with the tree while I'm doing this, like, help me. Help me, help me, right? I need you to do this, right? Uh, But please do it for her through me. I spread the Carmex. She had no idea it was Carmex. Nobody did. And all the bite welts disappeared. They all disappeared. And I stepped back and I thought, all right, Cindy, first of all, you are not the cat's pajamas, (laughs) right? And anything is medicinal, And everything has healing powers. You know, that darn tree was also my teacher, teaching me something called humility and opening to grace. And does it really matter what substance you're using if you're working, you know, kind of from a heart place, which I was probably only halfway working. And the tree just kind of took care of everything. And I've never forgotten that lesson, ever, ever, ever. So I bow to plants. I bow to trees. You know, and I'm I'm frequently, you know, in a place of just saying, you know, just give me what it is I need and ask from me what it is you need, too. What a beautiful message. A message of real reciprocity. Adult reciprocity, not assuming that you know what the other needs, but being clear about what it is you need. Exactly. And like you're saying, being open to the communication of what is to be provided. I think we have a long way to go in our culture, don't we? (laughs) Well, you know, in many ways, um, we have already come a long way. And that's partly because we had to 
shake off all the superstition and fear and circle back around this in a new way. And that took hundreds of years. Let's make sure that people know how to get in touch with you. It's very easy. I'm Cindy Dale. My website is cindydale.com, spelled odd, C-Y-N-D-I-Dale, D-A-L-E. That's it, just my website. So it's kind of the um, vowel opposite of how we usually spell Cindy. It is. It's sort of like Cindy Lauper. (laughs) All right. Okay, I think so she's a girl just want to have fun. <laughs> and, of course, the other usual suspects, if you want to get in touch with her. Um, I know that the plants, of course, can have an impact on all of the chakras. Do you find that there are certain chakras that are more activated, say, outside than inside, or is that really not anything that's important? Well, I think in my work and my understanding of the chakras, there's a chakra I work with. Now, I've developed a 12-chakra system because when I was a little girl, I saw 12 balls of light around everybody. I didn't see seven just in the body. I saw these five extra. And so when I became an adult, I thought, well, let me just develop that a little more. And in my particular 12 chakra system, and in many chakra systems, there's actually one under the feet that holds us and is held by the ground. I call that the 10th chakra. That's very boring. Uh, In some systems, it's called the earth chakra, you know, or the grounding chakra. And I like to, you know, if I am seeking, you know, or opening to plant medicine or to connect with the spirit of a plant, you know, or even an animal or the sky or the a star in the cosmos, I typically try to make sure that that chakra about a foot and a half underneath my feet is open and I'm affiliated with it because it can go through the earth and not just the earth, but the cosmos because this earth is part of, you know, a greater universe. And so typically when I'm teaching people maybe how to connect with a living being in nature, you know, that's not human, if you would. Like, I make sure they know how to feel that chakra, be in the center of that chakra, you know, kind of let it resonate. Because like you're saying, um, and you were said several minutes ago, sometimes we have to vibrate slow enough at a low enough hertz frequency that we can sense that we can tune in and the 10th chakra which is very dense helps us to do that the 10th chakra being the one in the ground yeah the one in the ground it's very dense i find that it connects to our ancestry to the earth to the natural world and certainly we can connect you know, to a plant or to an animal through the heart chakra, you know, in the in the chest or through the third eye and get a picture of it. Um, but I have the best luck and I feel like I have the best relationship with, with that which is living in nature or even, you know, spirits of nature down through that 10th chakra. That makes a lot of sense to me. 
I'm glad that you articulated that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, you talked about we have to be, well, really, it's like you need to be in the body. Uh, You're not going to communicate with a plant growing in the ground if you're dissociated or flying around. Like I was taught to when I was trained in chakras and psychic development, you know, decades ago, it was like sort of that initial new age. And there wasn't really much sense of the body. (laughs) It was sort of like... Like, you're just out in outer space. And I I do hope that now most of us devoted to, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the caretaking of the earth, but also energy, energy medicine, intuition, understand the importance of the stewarding of our own bodies, too. Yes, I'm, and I'm so glad that you're talking about that. I noticed um, initially that because of that, that the, the great, number of psychics that I met who were obese. Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you're saying that because I noticed that, you know, 25 years ago, especially, especially the people who were mediums, you know, who would tend to let another soul in their body in order to channel or bring through information. And, you know, sometimes their own soul just kind of went out to lunch while somebody's, like, walking around inside of their own body. That Think of it physically. That throws off your own electrical system, your chemistry, your thyroid. And your poor soul connects, you know, kind of sure it goes maybe traveling a little bit at night, but when it's kicked out of the body, the first thing it thinks of is like, oh, my gosh, like this is like dying. And the body thinks the same way. So you're going to hold weight to try to prevent, you know, that sort of catastrophe. So I've met many, many energy workers, healers, especially channelers and mediums who aren't, you know, kind of in charge of their own body and give too much power to what's coming in. And I had, I had, um, I had a, a, actually a spiritual guide one time say to me something like, you know, just because we're dead doesn't make us any smarter. <laughs> so I think and, we have to be well, careful. You know, that's, what, that's one of my rules. Do not take advice from someone who's not smart enough to get a body. <laughs> right, right. The first time I took a psychic development class, I didn't know what I was doing, right? I knew I was intuitive. I'd been intuitive as a kid. And the teacher did not teach anything like boundaries or occupying your own body. And she said, well, you know, there's, you know, just ask to have a, you know, a soul, you know, come and talk to you. So I feel this like bizarre munching like near my neck and I start to get uh, like pain and tingling and dull and I can feel something entering my body and in my mind I go who are you and I hear this voice go I'm Tom the sailor I'm like well Tom the sailor go get your own body <laughs> because this is mine <laughs> really Tom <Bob>, enough <laughs> I learn by making mistakes. That's how I learn. Well, that's how we all learn. (laughs) Hopefully we find uh, safe places to make those mistakes where we can indeed laugh about them later on. So it sounds to me like you believe that the vast majority of people are intuitive. I think everybody's intuitive. I think. But that we we sometimes miss it. So here's one that I missed this morning. I 
was supposed to go and do something. And I'm just, I'm not a worrier, and I'm on my way to do this, and I find myself worrying about it. And what if this doesn't happen, and what if that happens? And I'm like, what an odd thing, Susan. <laughs> just like, what? what is with this, right? Well, it turned out to be a horrible experience. It was, it, it felt like somebody shot my solar plexus. This was such a bad experience. And it was, you know, as I was driving away in tears, I said, oh. and if you had listened to your own worries. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes those fears are real, right? It wasn't, it wasn't that the fears, the specific fears were real. It was that I needed to pay attention to the fact that I was actually worrying about this. Yeah. And I Doing, I was doing it because somebody told me that I should do it at this place. Oh, uh, we do keep constantly learning about our intuition. I mean, and when I don't pay attention, I'm always disappointed in myself. And then, and then when I do, like, for instance, I travel with my sons, for my son. He's a college baseball pitcher, right? So every weekend I'm gone and I'm traveling. And for some reason, this weekend, I'm in Minneapolis. We're going to Omaha. I booked an airline ticket. It's like six hours. I can drive six hours. But I found myself booking an airline ticket to and from. And I'm like, why did I do this? It's like, I don't know. I just did it. Well, you were talking about vaccines right before um, I got on. At the very last minute, I signed up on Thursday to get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And I thought, you know what, Cindy? It's good that you're flying because if you're tired, you don't want to be driving six hours. And I thought, you know what? I could always drive home with another parent, right, if I, you know, on the way back. And I thought, see, I, I praised myself because I thought you did listen to your intuition, and now you know why. Yes, indeed. Yay, you. We have to we have to take advantage of praising ourselves because a lot of the times I just miss it all. <laughs> well, you know, when my mom died, I realized that one of the things I missed most was calling her up and. Telling her what I had done that was praiseworthy so that she could praise me. And so I told all of my friends that I wanted to take that function on. If anybody wanted praise for something they'd done, that they could call me and tell me and I would praise them. Because I think it's really important. And we're often reluctant to do it because we think we might make other people feel bad. So uh, let's praise each other for all the the wonderful uh, successes that we have. I could talk to you for a long, long, long time. (laughs) We have fun. So much. Right, and again, find her at C-Y-N-D-I-D-A-L-E, CindyDale.com. But we have come to the part of the show where I say to you, what do you want to leave in the hearts and the minds of everybody who's been listening to you tonight? I think it's simplest from what we spoke to. Let your intuition guide you toward joy, because it will. If you give permission, it will. Let your intuition guide you toward joy. Yes. All right. You know, I have this image of the healing cloak of the ancients. And, of course, it is an energetic cloak. And to me, it's a very evocative image because women's work is the work of creating weaving, of creating nets. And more so than the Stone Age, the Net Age. 
really changed how human beings related to nature and related to each other. So I really want to thank you for all of the beautiful energetic threads that you've brought into the reweaving of this healing cloak of the ancients. Thank you, Cindy Dale. And thank you, Sarah Ellen. And we eagerly await more about Poison Ivy. And thank you, Justine. Thank you, everybody who's listening. Green blessings, everybody. Hey, spring is springing. Herbal medicine is people's medicine. Get out there and make medicine. Green blessings. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.